every day is a learning day right here on 98.4 Capital FM. And, uh, of course, the country has been going through a lot of changes recently. So uh, we decided that we would bring in one of the country's greatest uh, political risk analysts. And he is right here in studio. Dismas Mokua, good morning, to you and thank you so much for joining me this morning. Good morning, my pleasure to be here. Now, uh, Dismas Farid is um, super, super annoyed he's missing out on this, but he can hear you. Um, Farid, we've got lots of questions to get through. Absolutely. To uh, But but Dismas, first of all, let me ask you, wh- what does a political risk analyst do and for whom? <laughs> <laughs> that is that's the first time somebody's asking that question. Now, the work of a political risk analyst is that a uh, if there's an international investor wants to come and do business in Kenya and they want to understand uh, Kenya from a political perspective, an economics perspective, and a social perspective, and they want information for control and decision making, then a political risk analyst will do the scenario and sensitivity analysis and give them information, identify all the possible risk scenarios, and then give them uh, mitigating measures. So because, you know, if you're coming to invest in Kenya or indeed any other part of the world and it's not your home, you're going to put in a lot of money. So you can't put money into a country without knowing uh, the key variables. So it could be around Forex. It could be about anthropological issues. Oof. So it's uh, the entire matrix. Wow. And that's what I do for a living. By the way, uh, Davina. Yes. Dismas ha- probably hasn't told you this, but Dismas and I go back about 22 years. You guys dated? No. Oh. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But Dismas, how are you, my brother? Fine, thank you. Where Happy to hear you. Two years. Did I met you in 2000. Can you imagine? Were you running for president or something? No, 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 no. We, we, we worked for the same person back then. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, now, you'd, you uh, could tell me, but you'd have to kill me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. into now, the political <laughs> risk analyst space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now Dismas, let's, let's talk a little bit about, because you obviously have to be relatively unbiased, correct, in your analysis. I, I'm aligned to our national and public interest. Boom. Okay. So then we can ask you honestly uh, how you see the current administration coming along. I know it's early days, but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on, uh, the first couple of weeks of uh, the new administration? Well, in in my view, President Ruto has done uh, very well because as our national leader, at least for the next uh, five years, he has identified our national priorities and interests. And as a leader, he's uh, putting together a team, so he's attracting uh, very high quality talent and then uh, he's also said that he's going to revise the budget so he's coming up with a supplementary budget so he's getting top human capital as well as uh, financial resources for us to achieve our objectives and you remember during the campaigns one of the things he spoke was about uh, financial inclusion and uh, hardly four weeks into his administration he has met with the big boys in the banking sector as well as the telcos and said that uh, can you review the cost of uh, the money that you give uh, people and then yesterday when he met with uh, the gentleman from uh, ktda he has also reinvigorated our commercial diplomacy and i think uh, the, the speech he made at the un about how african countries are supposed to be treated has gotten a positive feedback from the both the world bank and imf and in my view, it started on the right foot. But Dismas, we say, you, you, you mentioned the big boys. He did promise a 50-50 uh, gender split, and he wasn't able to make that happen in the cabinet. Why? Well, in my understanding, when you talk about uh, the cabinet, it's not just limited to the 22 positions, but we need to look at it from a broader level. So you've got the, the cabinet secretaries. Then he said you've got advisors at the cabinet level. 
then you are going to have a principal secretaries as well as a chief administrative secretaries. Well, Kenyans would have expected that if it's a 22, then it's going to be 11-11. Yes. But I suspect that uh, when as a leader you are putting together talent, sometimes there could be some variables that you are not going to meet. At least it met the bare minimum of two-thirds. And one has got very valid expectations that uh, what he didn't meet in the cabinet is going to be compensated in uh, chief administrative secretaries principal secretaries as well as uh, ambassadors and high commissioners it's, it's a it's a it's a very difficult line to toe uh i think is what you're saying dismiss you <laughs> may want to have 11 women in your cabinet uh but then we can't also throw out the qualifications and the capability factor as well perhaps the two or three were not the right choice not based on gender but based on their history career experience etc correct uh, absolutely but however you know really if you wanted to have a uh, 11 11 and have a 50 50 you would have done that but i think in putting together your cabinet you need to look at uh, article 10 that it has to capture the face of kenya and then you have to look at capacity and competence and uh, in my view when you're putting together a cabinet especially for kenya you must achieve two things number one a cabinet which is going to give you political stability Number two, a cabinet which is going to give economic stability. So the 50-50 is one of the variables. But in my view, the most important variables are to economic stability, political stability. And because, you know, Kenya, we really place a huge premium on tribalism, then you have to have the face of Kenya. But let me ask you this. Enough of the gender um, uh, question. In terms of diversity and representation, who is representing the Mamamboga? Who is representing the youth in that cabinet? Well, you don't need to have a Mamamboga exactly seated uh, in the Not cabinet. <laughs> however, of. yeah. However, their interest must be captured uh, in the in the cabinet. Who's you, doing that? W- well, you know the policies he has indicated that uh, it's going to be bottom up. That uh, is going to make sure that uh, the issues affecting uh, Mamamboga have been represented. You recall when you met with the Safaricom, KCB, and NCBA chiefs, he said that Mamamboga has sent me to you because Mamamboga has no capacity to come and see you but I'm coming to represent Mamamboga as an interest and in my view at the end of the day as, as a nation we shouldn't be really worried who sits where or who does what provided he's able to address the cost of living provided he fights all the insecurities because when our President Kenyatta took office about 10 years ago our multidimensional poverty was at 38% it now stands at 64%, meaning 64 out of 100 Kenyans you meet today are suffering from food insecurity, housing insecurity, school fees insecurity, healthcare insecurity. Now, if you are able to, to sort that one out so that uh, maybe in the next few days the poverty rate comes down maybe to 20%, then uh, people will generally be happy. The reason why Kenyans start uh, uh, running around Helter Skelter is when they look at the cabinet, and then erroneously assume that uh, if there's nobody from their village in the cabinet, they're not going to see a road, they're not going to see a hospital or a dispensary. Can I, can but, I just ch- jump in here before we go to break, Davina? Uh, what are the contributing factors for a poverty rate doubling in 10 years? Well, you, you remember for President Kenyatta, he placed a huge premium on uh, infrastructure projects. So there was a lot of roads, a lot of uh, bridges, but this one did not translate to disposable incomes for the Mamamboga. So, you know, you'd have a nice big road, mm-hmm. but all the resources are coming from, uh, say, one country, and then the major contractors are from the same country. So at the end of the day, the Mamamboga doesn't get to see that. 
You are skirting around the C word, China. <laughs> we might have to come back from that, Dismas. I see you. I see you. Davida's <laughs> favorite topic, by the way. Every day's a learning day right here. Dismas, we're so happy that you've come in to educate us, and we mm. love that about you. Uh, please stay with us for the rest of the hour. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Capital FM. 98.4 Capital FM, your best mix of music. It is Davina and Farid, and every day is a learning day right here on Capital FM. Now, let me tell you this. Voted as uh, Kenya's top five, one of Kenya's top five political risk analysts. He is here in studio with us. You're welcome in advance. Thank you very much. This is a man who uh, makes makes politics not scary. He makes it accessible and he uh, um, he's just demystifying things, de-stressing it all for us and for you. So get your requests, get your uh, questions in to Dismas Mokua, political risk analyst, analyst to the stars, or just to me this morning. Um, in on uh, 0701-984-984. He's not afraid to answer anything. And I'm so excited. Please, Dismas, please, let's just discuss this, okay? Why does it feel? Why does it feel? Like the government is scared of Northern Kenya, the leaders in Northern Kenya. Why does it feel like we are ignoring Northern Kenya and all of its problems? And why does it feel like we have lingered them all as they go through this drought? Well, you know, the when you look at the Kenyan constitution, you have uh, governments at two levels. There's the national government, and then you have the county governments. Now, we've had county governments for about uh, 10 years, and money in truckloads has gone to devolution. One of the principal responsibilities of uh, county governors is to ensure that there is food security in their counties. There's a governor who lost elections called Professor Lonyangapuo, when he took office five years ago, West Pokot was having a food security crisis. Mm. But five years later, West Pokot was enjoying food security. In fact, he was able to give some food to his neighbors. Now, when you talk about the, the counties that are facing drought, the crisis, 23 counties, the back stops with the governors because agriculture is a factor of devolution. They've been getting resources in truckloads. And I think the reason why they're able to engage in mischief the reason why there are errors of both omission and commission is because for some reason, in good part, the Kenyan voter is emotional and irrational. The Kenyan voter in good part does not punish impunity, mediocrity and corruption. Mm. In fact, they reward impunity, they reward corruption. Because one of the principal responsibilities of a governor is to ensure that he harness the factors of production, agriculture, ensure that people have got food. If you know your country is having a food security crisis, why can't you bring together subject matter experts using the resources you have, ensure there is a food security? And uh, for our voter, if the governor has been able to, unable to deliver in five years, why would you want to vote him again? So I, I think it's because uh, a number of our elected leaders know that they can, uh, they can score an A in impunity, in mediocrity and corruption. And during election time, they come with tokens. They give people sugar, bananas, oranges, and everything else, and they get re-elected. Now, the drought situation in uh, parts of Kenya is not an emergency. You can predict it with accuracy that there is going to be a drought. It's going to begin on a certain date. So everybody knows. You know, it's not as if it's a fire that you have to send ambulances. Yeah. People know about it. But uh, the leaders, they want to take advantage of uh, their voters, so they do nothing. 
in fact some of them are, are accused of um, instead of using those resources to put up uh, facilities to ensure food security they use those resources f- for benchmarking trips they buy flowers for their offices they buy top of the range vehicles for themselves instead of addressing the core issue that is number one then number two unfortunately most of the counties in Kenya tend to use most of their resources on recurrent expenditure. So it's, an, it's not unusual to have a county having 70% of their budget going to pay salaries, buying those flowers, buying top-of-the-range mm. vehicles, doing a lot of international travel. And then 30% goes to capital expenditure, which is supposed to entirely provide for food security. And this 30%, again, a good part of it goes to corruption. So at the end of the day, the voter gets a raw deal. In my view... If you want to make progress, the voters must start punishing impunity, mediocrity, and corruption. But Dismas, you, you, you say it's up to the voter. D- at some point, at some point, and it really does feel like this, it feels like it's just been like, oh, you know, it's cowboy country up there. We can't, we can't tell them what to do. They, they, they live by their own laws to do what. Like at some point, it's, the voters are hungry. They are um, they're disempowered. They're struck by famine. They, they don't have the strength to now start changing things. At, at some point, surely, from up above, it's like, actually, what are you doing? But, but, you know, a few days ago, President Ruto flagged off uh, relief food, and he said, he said to quote him, I hope this is the last time I'm doing it. And I, every Kenyan really hopes that that is the last time is going to do it. And you know, the issues we are discussing here are not just limited to parts of Kenya. Mm. It's a countrywide uh, factor. Like, for instance, if you come from around, around uh, Lake Victoria, you've got a very serious asset with uh, Nile patch. Understand is a top-of-the-range fish from a nutritional perspective. How come we don't uh, engage in strategic fish farming so that we flood uh, the European Union market or even the UK with fish from Lake Victoria? You know, we've got an international airport there. Right now, there are people in Kenya who harvest every single day vegetables, fruits, and, you know, they're processed nicely taken to the European Union, to the international markets. So it can actually be done. So people don't engage in strategic fish farming. Can, so can so there are so many in things in Kenya. Uh, uh, Dismas, just a quick comment. We, we, you talk about uh, devolution and resources being given to the counties uh, to, to mitigate these problems before they happen, essentially. Um, do you think that there will be more accountability required in the next five, ten years, this administration, should it be re-elected? Um, and do you think that people are going to be, you know, held to task in areas and situations where they weren't in the previous administration? You know, human beings respond to pain or pleasure. Now, if you've got a, a few of these elected leaders found guilty for criminal offenses and serving time behind bars, then they are going to respond. But in Kenya, what happens? You know that somebody is a thief, he's stolen somebody's cow, he's stolen public resources, but you still uh, elect him. Actually, if you go to the National Assembly, there's a good number of uh, persons with uh, criminal cases. They're pending in various levels Don't of Don't get me started on that. Yeah, but we still, <laughs> but we still elect them into oh. office. So I- if as a nation we do not inflict pain, maximum pain, on uh, elected leaders who steal our resources, then uh, that is going to be elevated to be a best practice. If we do not inflict pain on uh, people who do not perform, then it's going to be a best practice. So, in my view, in as much as you've got all the agencies like the control of budgets, the Auditor General, you know, every single day the Auditor General expresses an opinion, but what happens? People just roll their eyes and say, so we must now punish 
people who score an aim impunity, mediocrity and corruption and start rewarding meritocracy. We have to go back to Professor Lonyangapuo because in a short space of five years, his county was enjoying food security. So it means it can be done. And in my view, it boils down to leadership. Why do people run for office after they secure the people's uh, uh, authority to run? What would they do with the power? Are their selfish interests aligned with the county's interests? It seems the case that most of the time, people secure these uh, governor's position for image, for prestige, and it's not all about uh, serving Wananchi. In my view, it's time that our elected leaders started working for Kenya and not Kenya working for elected leaders. In my and view... We, we, we rank quite, quite high on the Global Corruption Index, which was recently released. I think it's 127th in the world, which is you know, extreme. Is it high or low? I don't know how you say it, but it's bad. <laughs> it's unacceptable. And, and you know, Kenya, we've got uh, the ESCC, the Anti-Corruption Agency. We have the control of budgets. You've got the Auditor General. You've got all the infrastructure ready to deal with uh, people still. But for some reason, there's nobody who is that right now as we have this conversation who is behind bars on account of stealing taxpayer resources. Nobody. But they're gloating right now. They're at... Uh, five-star restaurants mm-hmm. having uh having pepper steak in the morning while their voters <laughs> while their voters right now are yawning away in uh not long ago there was a lady some party in uh, the coast of kenya who was actually boiling stones I know, I yeah remember. and you know just to make the kids go to bed boiling stones now what kind of a leader are you when your voters are boiling stones what kind of a leader are you when your voters are eating wild fruits what kind of a leader are you when you know that you are supposed to do basics like sinking boreholes. You know, sinking borehole, in my view, is the most basic thing you can do in the world. But these governors from the 23 counties, they flip the bird on their voters and they say Mutadu. Because uh, after five years, they'll come back three months to an election. They'll bamboozle everybody with uh, relief food and give them money and the people vote for them. Desmos Mokua, oh my goodness. I want you to run for office and I am going to, I am going to, yeah, no, single-handedly. You know what? The thing you is, it's, it's so refreshing to have someone who is actually just being like, you know what? No, this is unacceptable and we aren't doing that. You're so right. Please stay for a little bit longer. Get your questions in to Desmos right now on 0701-984-984. As you heard, he's not afraid to say the truth. It is Davina Farid and one of Kenya's top, top political risk analysts, Mokua Dismas, in studio with us. I I hate to even see you go. Please just keep coming back because, you know, I mean, I and I wonder if it's I wonder if it's just me, but I know it's not from the people I speak to. It's a. Politics and politicians, they, they, they kind of keep you at a, at a distance. You don't know this. It's above your pay grade. It's above your... But actually, it's not. The, a country should be run like, uh, dare I say, even a school or a company. There's, it's, 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 you know, there, there are checks and balances, right? Yes. Is that a thing here? Like, who, who's doing the checks and balances apart from just you, it seems? Dismas. <laughs> You know the challenges with uh, a democracy, the majority will have their way, minority will have their say, and when politicians go to the voters, there's generally a lot of uh, information. Now, there are a number of people who, who win elective positions that on a normal day when you're having a fundraiser for a funeral or for a wedding, they cannot be given the responsibility to keep the money. They cannot be treasurers. But however, we give them a public office, simply because our constitution says 
you are innocent till proven guilty. If you've got a matter at the magistrate's court, you are still innocent and you've got the opportunity to exhaust the appeal system. So it goes back to our agencies. And you recall a few days before the elections, an organization like uh, ESCC gave out names saying that uh, these people, actually they gave them, uh, yeah, yeah, they gave out the names and then uh, members of the civil society gave them uh, red cards. And then uh, IBC said they have no capacity to stop these people from running. Let the voters decide. Now the voters have uh, taken a decision. And I think for as uh, Kenyans, we have to live with that. You may have seen yesterday what happened at the National Assembly. That, uh, there are some members of the National Assembly, number one, who did not have capacity to read their oath of office. Mm. And yesterday they were struggling when uh, you've got the deputy speaker, a lady called uh, Bosholei, but an MP is struggling to say, Madam Speaker, sir, Madam Speaker, sir. Now, these are the kind of people you expect to come up with the legislations to take Kenya to the next level. Maybe we should start managing our expectations. But but should be, I mean, that shouldn't be on us. There should be some sort of, I mean, can we just, can we, can we give them an entrance test at least or something? Dismas, how do you how do you first of all stay so measured, so independent, and so hopeful that we can actually make the changes that we need to make? Well, there are a few members, uh, both at the National Assembly, at the Senate, Council of Governors, and even uh, at the MCA level, who are very sharp. Some of them are the sharpest tools in the shed, so they generally know where, where Kenya is supposed to be. So one hopes that these sharp tools in the shed will actually influence the other ones who have no idea of where Kenya is and where Kenya is supposed to be going. And you know those are the perils of uh, democracy, not limited to Kenya, all over the world. Somebody may talk but, about Boris Johnson, somebody may talk about Ramaphosa, somebody may talk about, you know, all over the world. So I think uh, the buck stops with uh, the voter oh and gosh. also the agencies, like the control of budget, the ESCC and uh, the Auditor General. Dismas, I just, I have to, um, I have to just, sorry, Farid, carry on. Yeah, sorry, uh, just a quick one. You, you talk about checks and balances, Davina. Um, we went 10 years without, and possibly longer really, without an opposition, without a credible opposition in parliament, in government. Um, how important of a role does that opposition have to play in the next 10 years, Dismas? Well, right now, uh, technically speaking, we don't have an opposition, but we've got a, a minority and a majority. And uh, the earlier Azimiola Umoja accept that they are a minority in the National Assembly, the better. Of course, the speaker is making a ruling today. And in my view, they must be dedicated to this cause. They must have the missionary zeal. Because uh, Kenya Kwanza controls the State House, National Assembly, and uh, Senate. Now, if Azimio Laumoja sleeps for a minute, then I would be in a very precarious position. So they must remain alert, they must stay active, and ensure that Kenya Kwanza delivers on its manifesto. Because if Kenya Kwanza delivers on even 50% of the manifesto, we would have made very good progress. Because, you know, they've identified some of the ills facing Kenya, like, for instance, the cost of living, then uh, the, the cost of uh, corruption. If they're able to work together and set aside their political differences and work for morale, then we'll make a very good progress. But if they start op opposing uh, the majority simply because of opposition, we'll not be make progress. I think what, what Kenya Kwanza needs to do, or rather Azimio needs to do, is to be a loyal opposition. That if it's something which supports the interests of Mara, support it. But if it's something which supports the selfish interests of Kenya Kwanza, oppose it to the hilt. 
You can't clap with one hand is what you're saying, Cindy. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 98.4 Capital FM. Every day is a learning day here. Dismas Mokua, one of the country's top. Actually, I'm going to say you're my mm-hmm. top political and <laughs> risk analyst. I'm glad to hear that. You're the only one I've ever met, 100%. but done. Yeah. Dismas, can I qu- quickly please, I know you're a busy man, uh, Twitter at Makua Dismas to carry on this conversation, but Dismas, can I please see you take out your phone, okay, do it right now, please, thank you, <laughs> open up that calendar, thank mm-hmm. you, and uh, whatever whatever the actual day of uh, President William Ruto's 100 days, mm-hmm. book it out, you're here. I'm glad. Sure. <laughs> I'll be. That's Promise. Okay. I will be here. Okay. Thank you so much, <laughs> Dismas Mokua, on 98.4 Capital FM. Your best mix of music. Capital FM.